1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Rest of the Season Fantasy Football Rankings for Half Point PPR. Remember to smash the like button for the episode sub to mayo media network because we're almost at 30,000 subs we want to get there so we need your help on that one and in the comment section give me your favorite guy to trade for and the player that you most definitely would be selling right now before the fantasy football trade deadline hits if you're looking for the waiver wire uh, i'll have my column up on dknation.com later on monday uh, and might do a short video on it a little bit later on. Uh, and Lauren Carpenter is going to have her whole waiver wire breakdown on Mayo Media Network later on Monday night as well. So you can just stay tuned to all of that. There honestly wasn't much happening on the waiver wire, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, pick up Brandon Bolden if Stevenson and Damian Harris are going to miss the week. Boom. Easy stuff. Everyone else has already picked up, essentially. And I, I, Chris Meaney from FTN Network is on the line as well. And Mean Streets on Game Plus TV. That's about it, right? I think everyone else, like who's good, has been picked up.
2: Yeah, I think that's it. Um, That's the biggest thing. I saw some people, you know, pick up Jordan Howard, but you know, Miles Sanders is gonna be back soon. You can't trust Howard, but I think that's the biggest injury. And Stevenson and Damian Harris both left yesterday, so you know, Brett Bolden's been getting on the field anyways with Harris healthy, so he would be the the one add. I can't think of any other significant injuries uh maybe you know james connor I'm, I'm certain is rostered everywhere uh but chase edmonds left early early in that game yesterday
1: yeah the only other injuries that you can kind of know like devontae booker got hurt but the giants are going out by and saquon barkley is probably going to be back in week 11 so uh, you know eli penny yeah. probably don't need to go pick him up uh you know carlos hyde i'm guessing is not going to be the starter once james robinson is healthy next week it looked like he was almost ready to play so i would expect him to be back what other injuries do we have here? Zach Moss. Zach Moss? I think Zach Moss. S- Singletary's yeah. own, though.
2: Yeah, he is. He he is, for the most part, he is own. It, it's possible he's hanging around your waiver wire. Just maybe do a double check. That Bills game was completely bonkers yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm surprised that they don't try to run the football sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, just double check if Zach Moss misses any time. We, we saw with Singletary. I mean, it was just like a one-week thing, I believe, but... Even though they don't run the football, Pat Singletary. If it was his backfield, I'd rank him as a top twenty running back.
1: Well, there are so few top twenty running backs. That's in turn the problem here. That's Fair. why we're doing this. This it's almost like a trade <laughs> value column is what we're going to be doing. So I'm going to post all the results to the top rest of the season rankings in the newsletter post that I've already released. But the link is in the description. It's completely free to go check out. Please sub to the newsletter as well as you get you know, you'll, when you go look at it and you go beyond the top rankings you'll see all the other notes that are down there the snap counts the air yards the routes run all of the game notes that we have for you so i recommend that you go check that out but again it's down in the description if you want it now listen we just did the waiver wire i don't even need to do anything else so this is great you saved me like an hour (laughs) later on today as i like try to make stuff up deshaun jackson's gonna sign with the raiders we don't know where beckham is i'd pick up deshaun jackson Yeah, why not? I mean, they always say they've been, they were taking shots down the field with Henry
2: Ruggs. I mean, Edwards didn't do anything in that game. It can't all be just Waller and Renfro. Uh, Kenyon Drake had a few catches out of the backfield. He was pretty productive, but he, yeah. Derek Carr has been pretty good, man, this season. He was good last year too. And he takes shots down the field. Henry Ruggs was among the leaders over the last two years in ADOT. He didn't get a lot of targets. It seems like, but they, it was, it seemed like at least two shots down the field every single game. So Deshaun Jackson and a deep format. I get it. Certainly yeah. somebody you could probably play in DFS and tournaments. We, yeah. know, we know he could still
1: give you that big 40-yard touchdown. I mean, he's done it already this year. I, I, we coordinated with, like, tie-dye hoodies today. That was not planned whatsoever. I see that. I like yours better. I mean, you know, I, when I, I, hop- I, I like DraftKings on mine, but I like the purple of yours. I'm a big purple guy.
2: Yeah, me too. I, uh, I'm a big purple guy as well. It's like a little bit of a Ravens feel to it. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, it's not as I don't think it's as nice as yours, DK. Um, I think it's from Sheen. Shout out Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> they got cheap,
1: cheap hoodies. Uh, and I got a couple. Well, I mean, they might be sponsoring your show after all is said and done with this. I looked for years. I remember when I was at Fantasy, like when we were both at Fantasy, I was like, can we get like a clothing sponsor? So we, I can just like, even if it's like H&M, I don't really care. Just get me something where I don't have to pay for my own clothes. Uh, shockingly enough, it never came to fruition. Uh, if you're looking for the full injury cheat sheet, I have all the injuries and expected timetables in that newsletter as well. You don't need me reading it out for you. You can just click on that and you'll be good to go. Let's get to what the people are here for though. And that is the rest of the season rankings. So this is going to be a little bit different than like the top. 150 going into the season because obviously you're playing the long game with that running backs are I mean running backs are always going to inherently be more valuable if you can find the right workhorse. but now we know injuries now we know situations we know what the rest of the season schedule is that's another thing that's in the newsletter right now the strength of schedule for each position from weeks 10 to 17 and 15 to 17 as well to break that all up and that's going to play a bit of a factor in what I'm thinking right now and how I rank the rest of the players but I guess it really Comes down to is who is the number one player in fantasy? The one that if you were trading for him, you would trade any player on your team to go get him. Now, obviously, it depends on your circumstance. Like if you have Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, and Tyree Kill, you know, you're probably not trading for Cooper Cup kind of thing because you have three of like Mm -hmm. the top 10 wide receivers. You probably need the running backs at that point. But I, I, I think it would be hard to say that Cooper Cup isn't the number one player in fantasy, like overall.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yesterday was a down game, and he still had nine or ten catches. There's no question. All uh, right, the the offense. I mean, that's just. I think at the end of the day, we'll look at this game and just be, you know, an outlier game. Also, maybe the Titans are just. I don't know, man. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Rams. They've beaten the Bills. They lost to the Jets. So it's it's, it's certainly strange what's happening there in Tennessee, but. Absolutely. The way that this offense runs, the way that Cooper Cup, the way that he runs routes, the way Sean McVay calls plays, uh, there's there's no question in my mind. There's there was one takeaway from that game last night that I had is Van Jefferson. I mean, I'm not saying to go trade for this guy, but he's hanging around waiver wires. And that was his best game in terms of snaps. He was right there in the mid 50s with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. But if you can get a piece of that L.A. offense, that's where I would start. I think that they're the best team in the league. I think the offense is arguably the best in the league. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. These are two guys that I would try to get. Daryl Henderson is another guy that I would try to get. Is Get as many pieces from this Ram squad as you can. Uh, don't just be fooled from yesterday. It's just, I think, you know, a bump in the road. But this is a, a high-powered offense. And yeah, if I could get anyone, Pat, it would be Cooper Cup. That's where I would start. He's He's been the safest guy in football all year.
1: So I, Pat Mayo, have Cooper Cup on my team. I offer you a trade. Cooper Cup for Christian McCaffrey. You're taking Cooper Cup?
2: I would take Cooper Cup there. Yeah, I would take the wide receiver. Uh, I I, certainly it all depends on context, but I would take I would take that wide receiver. I just, I think wideouts have higher ceilings this year. I don't know. I maybe it's because some of the injuries, maybe some down weeks, running backs, a lot of committees out there. But I would take the I would take the wide receiver who I believe has the highest ceiling who's been absolutely consistent all year and you lock it in for like touchdown or hundred yards. He's right there.
1: That's really been the biggest thing. I think that's what elevates Cooper cup. And he's going to be the number one player in these rankings is both the consistency, his ability to score without scoring a touchdown in terms of fantasy and those gigantic ceiling games that we've seen from him so far this season. Like the one reason to rank the running backs over the wide receivers would be one position scarcity. There's only so many good running backs but we're just not seeing the type of consistent play from i mean jonathan taylor's on a really good run right now mccaffrey's been hurt like and i I think that we have to factor into this as well that running backs just have a higher degree of getting injured than wide receivers do and there's only seven weeks left
2: absolutely yeah it it gives you that solid floor and you know as i mentioned just the, the high ceiling that that comes with these wide receivers and cooper cup who's been there consistently you know, all season long, um, you know, Tyree kills had those. And you can look at all, a lot of the top wide receivers. I mean, Debo Samuel has been a surprise heading into the week. He was leading the, he was leading all wide receivers in receiving yards per game, which to me, again, it was a bit of a surprise, but you look, Tyreek kills had some big boomer bus games. Uh, Devonte Adams, you know, has, has been kind of consistent here and there. He did what he could yesterday with Jordan love, but Cooper Cup has just been the floor is so consistent. And you look across the league, now we're into November where teams, you know, will probably run the football and they have to run the football with that cold weather. But uh, Pat, there's a lot of committees across the league. Well, you just know what we're going to get with Cooper Cup every week.
1: It is, and I think that he is sort of on a tier by himself over the guys that you just mentioned, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, just because of that consistency. So if we go with Cooper Cup at number one, feel like now it's the running back barrage, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I you know, I still have CMC right there. I mean, uh, Chuba Hubbard really didn't touch the field at all yesterday. It was tough against the Pats. Uh, you know, the the offense is not clicking in Carolina because maybe – uh, CMC's missed some time, but also Sam Darnold, man, I don't know how much longer he stays under center. I don't know what Carolina could do, what kind of option, but I mean, Matt rule called him out yesterday and said, you know, you just, just can't be just tossing balls in the air and, and, you know, just flinging them up there. Uh, those mistakes will, will come back to haunt you. But I think after Cooper cup, you're right. I mean, you get into Chris McCaffrey. I still really like Dalvin cook. Najee Harris is a guy that, you know, even with the matchups, if they're tough, he's just the fact that he's playing so much football, you just know what you're getting with him every week. All the carries are going to him. All the goal line work. When they're come, when they're playing from behind, he's getting catches. Even when they're up in games, he's getting catches. He's just playing like 90% of the snaps. And, and to me, that's very, very valuable. Um, and then Austin Eckler, a bit of a down week. But I still really like him overall. The one back I'm hesitant to buy, and he's been good, is Alvin Kamara. And it's because our old buddy Mark Ingram, uh, he's kind of just getting in there and getting touches. It's kind of surprising to me. But, you know, if you could get him on the cheap, You know, I'm fine with him as if you can acquire him as an RB, maybe as like, I still rank him as probably a top five back. The one back I want to throw at you is because, you know, with the schedule is so nice is Saquon and now you have the buy. How much risk would you take in maybe acquiring Saquon Barkley?
1: That, I think, is going to be sort of the... the That was the main idea that I wanted to do this show, is like, what do we do with these distressed assets? I think that he is such a good buy. Uh, he's even... I, yeah. I basically didn't write up much in the newsletter, but I did write up Saquon Barkley, and as I kind of pointed out, like... His playoff schedule isn't the greatest, but it's not bad. It's like av- league average in terms of, like, facing rushing defenses. But when he comes back from by, that's granted if he comes back from bye, which we're all assuming that he is. Sure. But I wouldn't make any assumptions with Saquon Barkley at this point. He goes Philly, Miami, Chargers, Dallas, Philly. The only, like, respectable run defense of that group is Miami. Philadelphia, the Chargers, and Dallas all rank in the bottom six of rush defenses. He gets those four of the five weeks coming out of bye. Like, you need to make a playoff push. If you're like the best team in the league, I don't think that you need to go out and trade for him. But if you're like right around 500, or you probably need to win, you know, four games to get in the playoffs, three games to get in the playoffs, I think he's the gamble that you want to take because you don't have to pay full price for him. For one thing, like, would it stun you if from weeks 11 through 17 that Barkley outscored Camara?
2: No, no, not at all. Honestly, like I, I, again, Ingram's getting way more carries than I thought. I think he got five targets yesterday, too. So now is the time to buy because you mentioned the Giants have the the bye week here. And then they got Tampa out of the bye. So, like, that's ugly. That's. I don't think anybody wants to deal with that. Uh, But then you mentioned the schedule, how it turns in his favor after that. So I think you nailed it. If you're, you know, maybe you're five and five, or maybe you're just up near the top, you can afford to take on that type of risk. I've been talking about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for a couple weeks now. Like if you were up near the top, like go get these guys. You have the bye week. You had Geno Smith and Russell Wilson was coming back out of the bye. Now that window is closed. It's the same sort of deal here. You can take on a little bit more risk if you're up near the top. Like if you need a win, obviously this is this is not the play for you because you may not get Saquon until I mean it may be week twelve. It's it's possible that it could be week twelve. There's a lot of risk in this ad or uh, acquisition, but it's one that I'm willing to take, especially if you you know you've been riding Chuba Hubbard, Khalil Herbert, with Dave Montgomery coming back this week. You know, San Fran could get a little cloudy there uh, with guys returning from injury. So there's all kinds of situations across the league where, like I mentioned, there's committee. So if you've just been like patchwork over the past couple weeks, I think you can afford to take on this on this risk because the ceiling is so high. Like if you have a healthy Saquon against the Eagles, against the Cowboys, we just saw what Denver was able to do with both of their running backs. They ran all over Dallas. It would look like the old Cowboys defense yesterday. And then Miami, along with the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, that's a risk that I'm certainly willing to take. And I'd probably move. I'd, I'd move uh, a lot of pieces to, to make that move. Well,
1: let's talk about the running back strength of schedule for the rest of the season. We'll talk a little bit about the fantasy playoffs as well. So from weeks 10 through 17, this includes teams that are on bye week. So that, you know, that's going to be a big negative to them. As you probably want to look into that. Do you have the, the there's someone who is on by like week 15 has buys, right? I don't
2: think so. I don't think because that would be fantasy playoff time. I think, I think that there is week
1: I'll 15 check. buys. Well, I was going to say, that was Ooh. the one thing I forgot to look up. Uh, so no week 15 buys, but there is a week 14 buy. that. If you're trying to get there, into, definitely are. Yeah. If you, if you're trying to get into the playoffs, Indianapolis, Miami, New England, and Philadelphia all have week 14 buys. So I don't know if that necessarily has to impact the Jonathan Taylor ranking that we have, but he is really the only running back of that group that, yeah, we really like that. We want to you know, rank really highly. That might not be there for you in a critical game to get into the playoffs.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's definitely something that you want to have uh keep an eye on. Um, again, it's all about context, but that's a risk. I mean, I'd imagine Taylor owners. I know, I, mean, I say this, um, you know, if you have Taylor, you, you, your team still could be pretty trash. Uh, but you know, if you up, if you're near the top and again, you look at the Taylor owner, and they're struggling. They're going to need a win come week 14. That That's a risk again that you can take. You just need to get to the dance. That's it. As you know, it's all about matchups. It's nice to have that bye week, but it doesn't matter to me. Like if you can get in, if you're getting in as a six seed or the five seed, whatever, it's all good. If you could have Jonathan Taylor on your squad uh, for week 15, fine. So I always look at it the other way. Yes, it, you want to have somebody to get into the playoffs, but if you're if you're in a spot, then you could just you know take advantage of your league mates and say, oh these these guys are going to need somebody to roll out week fourteen to get in the playoffs. They might not want to give up Taylor, but you know right now maybe they can get a decent package for him. But I, I would still knock on the door and try to get Taylor on my squad uh, despite the week fourteen bye
1: week. I like the way that you spun that. I think that's a good negotiation tactic if you're looking for a trade. Be like, listen, man, I need Jonathan Taylor on my team right now. He's not going to be any use to you in week 14. You need to catch up if it's someone who's like currently out of the playoffs. Like, let me give you someone who has no bye weeks left. And that way you're never in a spot when it comes down to it. And then you'll trade him a running back. That guy will probably get hurt and it won't make a difference anyway. Uh, week 13. <laughs> here, This is actually a big one. Cleveland, Green Bay, Tennessee, and Carolina all have buys in week 13. So you could be, yeah. be without Chubb. Uh, Hunt could be back by then, or he probably gets, comes back the week after that. No, Aaron Jones, no McNichols slash Adrian Peterson, no Christian McCaffrey. That's a big running back bye week.
2: Yeah, that's huge. That's, I've been hesitant to buy McCaffrey because of like the soft tissue. And I was, I was unsure if, you know, there'd be another setback with him. And then I saw that buy happening. Uh, so I was a little hesitant, but again, the same sort of deal is, you know, maybe if you could take on that risk, but those are some, there's some big names on those teams that you just mentioned. I mean, Nick Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb, you, you probably can't get him at all from an owner, but um, you know, if you are a Nick Chubb owner and you need some balance in your team, maybe you're thinking about selling him because of that buy week or because maybe the potential of cream hump coming back. I mean, at the same time, you're, you're, you're never going to get proper return when you, when you trade a guy like Chubb or Taylor, I don't think anyways, like you could get maybe close, maybe you get two pieces for one. Maybe you get a decent wide receiver or running back that you could roll out there. But, you know, sometimes you just have to cut your losses and say, listen, I want to make the playoffs here and I can't have, you know, Nick Chubb on a bye week on week 13. I'm looking at my roster and I don't, I can't play Nick Chubb. I can't play this guy. Who am I going to get off the waiver wire at this time of the year? as you know, playing fantasy for years and covering it, you need to have these next man up on your squad. Like you need to have guys like, um, I don't know, Tony Pollard, like Zeke suffered a knee thing yesterday. And I understand having a Naheem Hines or Tony Pollard, like this, these guys feel like they're kind of wasting away on your bench. You never feel great about starting them, but injuries happen and you just need to have yourself protected. So you can't, you can't find running backs off the waiver wire. So sometimes you just need to cut your losses. If it's a two for one, great. Uh, but again, it's you need to really look ahead at your schedule at this time of the year. Just try to fill those holes right now.
1: You need to start at, there becomes a point in the season. It's usually around Thanksgiving where, you know, you don't need a wide receiver five anymore. You that's a handcuff. Right. That's a That's a Tony power. That's an Alexander Madison um, th- th- there's only so many of them that are actually going to get this run. A.J. Dillon is probably another one. Should anything happen to Aaron yes. Jones, Sonny Michelle? If anything happened to Daryl Henderson, as we saw earlier in the season when Henderson went down, it was all Sony Michelle. Those are the guys that you need to continue to stash. Like, Naheem Hines is great and everything, but if Jonathan Taylor went down, I very much doubt Naheem Hines is getting 20 touches in a game.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. Marlon Mack was, was hanging around there. It's and he just had his best game. I mean, he had more points this week than his previous five combined. So he's probably not a guy. Yeah, he's probably the only a guy that touches. You know, maybe six, seven carries and a couple of catches of the backfield. I, you're right. Mack would probably get some some touches. But those other guys that you mentioned, um, absolutely, I think a lot of those guys. Dylan is certainly one that's that's trending up right now. Um, maybe some Ajay P Ryan, if you're a Mixon owner, it's not, it's not fantastic, but you know, the Booker Booker's been okay. And I feel like P Ryan could be like that as well as a guy that would, you know, probably flirt with 17, 18 opportunities, carries and targets. I really like what, what Mixon has given you this season, but there's, you know, there is some injury concern there. So, I, you know, he's another guy that I'd throw out there.
1: And I don't even think you need to go get your own handcuffs in the circumstance. I would just load up on good handcuffs and maybe sure. like if anyone drops drops Chuba Hubbard now that Christian McCaffrey is back, go pick up Chuba Hubbard. At least you know what his role is going to be. It's he's not the best running back in the world, but he's on that like Devonte Booker, Daryl Williams type playing where that you can start those guys. They'll, they'll get you like 13 points. Maybe if they score a touchdown, they'll get you 19. That's great. That's better than you're doing off the waiver wire week to week. Like we had mentioned earlier, like Brandon Bolden might be the best running back pickup this week. That's not good.
2: (laughs) No, no, it's not good at all. Um, yeah, I mean, Chuba Hubbard will be the most dropped. He was the most dropped two weeks ago when Christian McCaffrey was 50 50 to play. And I remember like telling him, this don't drop. And then somebody said, well, my NFL.com projections had CMC for 22 fantasy points. So I didn't want to have Chuba Hubbard on the squad. Like we, we've seen Christian McCaffrey a couple times now over the past two years look like he was ready to go and then suffer that setback. So you're right. We've already seen what Chuba could do. It's not fantastic, but all the volume really went to him. Goal line work catches out of the backfield. Yeah, you got to make sure that he is—he's uh, going to get dropped, and I would pick him up. It's just like Miles Gaskin too, right? Like Gaskin, not fantastic, not um, a lot of efficiency there. Malcolm Brown on IR touches opportunity. It really is king and volume, and I like Miami's schedule moving forward. It's not like I'm saying to go trade all your assets for Miles Gaskin, but. Um, is another guy too, like the schedule is decent and he could get to, you know, you plug in that hole, he can get you 17
1: opportunities a week. We get almost everything delivered to us these days. So why should coffee be any different? Let trade bring the best coffee right to your front door. Trade's goal is to make every cup of coffee your best ever. The journey to your perfect cup starts with taking their coffee quiz. Do you use a French press? Automatic trip? Are you a cold brew type of person? No problem. Your answers will allow Trade to pair you with the perfect coffee to fit your taste. Trade will match you two coffees you'll love from 400 plus craft coffees and will send you a freshly roasted bag as often as you like. Trade guarantees you'll love your first match. On the off chance you don't, they'll replace it with an entirely different bag for free. Give feedback as you sip. As your preferences evolve, your coffee matches will too. You can feel good about each cup since Trade partners with 55-plus small U.S.-based roasters who are committed to ethical and sustainable sourcing. When I got mine in the mail, A, it was the ultimate convenience of not having to remember to pick it up at the grocery store, get the right pods, or try to get Uber Eats and stuff for me. No, it was completely convenient And then I made it. And I was like, whoa, where have you been all my life, Trade? So I highly recommend that you go do it right now. And for our listeners right now, Trade is offering your first bag free and $5 off your bundle at checkout. So to get yours, go to drinktrade.com slash mayo and use promo code mayo. Take the quiz to start your journey to the perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash mayo promo code mayo for your first bag free and five dollars off your bundle enjoy rest of the season schedule for running backs the best schedule for both the playoffs and the rest of the season the Denver Broncos and I still think I know they just ran all over Dallas and maybe it's best off I don't know when your trade deadline is but they have a buy in week 11 they're one of two teams on buy but if you could go get Melvin Gordon or even Javante Williams I think they could provide huge dividends throughout the course of the season like if you don't want to give up the assets that it takes to get get Saquon Barkley those guys are just inherently cheaper because of who they are so that's probably the route that I would try to go if I if I had a pretty good team I wanted some stability and some potential upside on my team I think Melvin Gordon's probably the name only because although he's been better than Javante Williams people have it in their minds that Javante Williams is a rookie and like he's gonna break out and take this (laughs) job he might I doubt it and it does seem like Melvin's always gonna be the one with like 55 60 percent of the workload Javante's gonna be at 40 45 percent just the way it is
2: yeah it is it's been like that all year and Melvin Gordon's played really good football he has and I I like Javante Williams I think it seems like every single week he has a really, really strong run where there's a lot of guys hanging off of him. Another one yesterday against the Cowboys. He's a really good running back, but this has worked out decently for Denver. They've won a couple games in a row. They get the Eagles this week before they before their bye. They come out of the bye against the Chargers, the Chiefs, Detroit, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, and the Chargers. Like that, you're right. You just said it's the best, but... My goodness, is it ever the best? Like, those are just primetime matchups. Like, those are all fantastic matchups. And this is a team that really doesn't trust Teddy Bridgewater to throw the ball and drop back 40 plus times. So, I, you know, clearly they were up in that game yesterday and both backs were able to get, I think um, Melvin had 21 carries and Javante had 17. They're catching balls out of the backfield. It may not cost a lot because it's a committee, but I agree with you 100% that Gordon would be the one that would be cheaper. He's the lead. He gets those, um, you know, when the game is tight, I feel like he's on the field because he's a better pass blocker. He has gotten the majority of the goal line carries. Javante got a couple yesterday, but Gordon seems to be in there first. I've paid close attention to this backfield because I have a lot of Javante and selfishly looking for him to get more touches. But, Pat, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. It does seem like this is a full-on split. And don't be discouraged by that. That's okay, because both of these backs are going to get double-digit carries. Uh, We just talked about the schedule being so nice, and I think it's certainly worth it. I mean, double-digit fantasy points is what Melvin Gordon has given you every single week but three. Uh, That's pretty productive, man. That's solid from the running back spot.
1: Yeah, and, like, I know it's very similar to the Arizona situation, the difference being – is that once Kyler, if he can get himself to be back fully healthy, if you had James Conner right now, would you trade him for Melvin Gordon? Because I would. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I would, I would want to just double check to see if Chase is fair. all right. Edmonds, com- but... com- completely fair. Yeah. Let's, say Ed,
1: let's say Edmonds is healthy going into next week and everything is just back to normal. I think of those four guys, like Edmonds and Conner probably have bigger weeks somewhere along the line. But I do think that if you're just looking for like a yardage play, a touchdown play, I mean, Connor scoring a ton of touchdowns, but the yardage just, it could be 30 yards in any given week. And Melvin Gordon just, he's getting his 17 to 22 touches and he's scoring a touchdown every single week. And he's just not being, I just don't think that he's being valued in the same stratosphere of a James Connor right now.
2: No, I agree. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, Connor, I it's crazy. He's got 11 touchdowns, 10 rushing, but yeah, when Kyler comes back, if chase Edmonds is fine, then, you know, he, he hasn't really been all that efficient, but this schedule trumps it, right? It's, it's this fantasy football schedule. The fact that, you know, that Gordon's going to get anywhere from 10 to 15 touches against these teams uh, and also seems to be the guy that catches balls out of the backfield too, when this team is trailing from behind. So you got to look like KC. but I mean, he should be able to run all over the chargers, Detroit, Las Vegas and then the Chargers again, like those are those are such prime matchups that I would take the Gordon side, even though that chase is giving you those touchdowns. Uh, you know, we always talk about how they're hard to predict. That may just be a season for him where he's, you know, he finishes with 15 TDs and that's great. But I would take the upside in Gordon in this spot, uh, just knowing that he is for certain going to get those Double-digit carries week in and week out.
1: Yeah, the Cardinals' rushing schedule gets a little bit more difficult, too. They get Carolina. That's not bad. The Seahawks have a surprisingly good run defense. Um, I mean, they're not great, but they're not bad at the same time. Bears good run-D. Rams good run-D. They get the Colts in the fantasy playoffs. They do have the Lions and Cowboys in the fantasy playoffs, too, which are nice matchups, but... I don't know. I think I'd just roll, roll the dice with Denver and just see what we're doing here. Because even when they're losing, they're still committed to the run, which is always nice to see. So the rest of the teams with a good Week 10 to 17 schedule. So number one is the Broncos. Number two is the Giants. The Bears are number three. 49ers, number four. Browns, number five. Who else is on here? Steelers, Texans. Not that that's going to help anyone. Uh, Dolphins, Washington, And who is number 10? The Jags, James Robinson. So I think think that leaves like Melvin Gordon, James Robinson, especially with this injury that maybe you're going to buy. But I think there's a big name right now that, I mean, big quote unquote, but anyone who won a fantasy championship last year is very familiar with his work in the second half of seasons versus easy schedules. But like David Montgomery might play Monday night. If not, they go on by and then they come back. Could you just trade for David Montgomery now and hope that... Hey, Khalil Herbert, time to get back to the bench. Yeah,
2: I I was I, I'm glad you I'm sure he was gonna come up here on the show with you because he's he really is intriguing to me. Uh you're right. Down the stretch last year, he took advantage of you know, um, a soft schedule and he most likely won you a championship, or you were right there because of him. I am interested to see how this is going to play out because Matt Nagy did say that Montgomery is going to play here tonight and he's going to get some touches. And I don't know, I can't give Matt Nagy the benefit of the doubt, but my goodness, he certainly is the best running back on that team. I mean, Khalil Herbert's been great. He had the hundred plus yards against Tampa, which was really, you know, that's tough to do. Uh, Last week he had a ton of carries and he wasn't all that efficient, but this is Dave Montgomery. This is a guy who had three touchdowns touchdowns in his first four games he topped hundred yards in two of those four games and looking at this schedule too. I mean, you got Detroit week 12, uh, you have Seattle and the giants and Minnesota throughout the playoffs and green Bay is a team that, you know, he's had success against too. He could run, maybe catch a couple balls out of the backfield. So I, I think that's a really, it certainly is a very, very risky ad, Pat, but at the same time, you're not going to have to pay, you know, top dollar for this because I think, you know, Dave Montgomery owners, probably a little, you know, hesitant to roll him out or wondering what's going to happen with him. Is Khalil Herbert going to be there? Is, is Fields going to continue to run around and steal some touches? But I, I like having a mobile quarterback in the backfield for, you know, for a running back. There's a lot. There could be some RPOs there. It could open up some lanes for Dave Montgomery. So I, I would take that risk. I wouldn't give up a whole lot, but I would take it if I was acquiring him to be my flex or my RB2. I think that would be a win. Um, you know, if you had a rock-solid RB1, you get Montgomery to be your two year flex. I think that's the way to go. What what do you, what do you think? Would you take on that risk? Because there is some risk. For yeah,
1: me. I, I think it all depends on what you have to give up. Like I'm looking at the Raiders' schedule the rest of the season. Very difficult to running backs. Like if I had Josh Jacobs, could I just flip him for David Montgomery right now? I'd do that. Would you I'd flip Would you flip Josh Jacobs for Melvin Gordon?
2: Yes, I would do that absolutely so yeah. uh, I'm looking, it, well it, Jacob's this, getting a lot of carries but Drake is still hanging around there too right I mean he is
1: yeah Drake's one of those high-end handcuffs as well because he catches passes whereas yep. I mean he effectively catches passes Jacobs might backdoor Nick Chubb his way into a few catches but he's not being used as a primary receiver whatsoever and looking at the strength of schedule like most difficult the rest of the season uh, Patriots Patriots Falcons Panthers Raiders Bucks or your big teams that have very difficult schedules for running backs the rest of the season. For the fantasy playoffs, it's Panthers, Raiders, Patriots, Saints, Steelers, Titans, Bucks. Uh, Falcons and Cardinals are up there as well, so maybe another decent reason to potentially get rid of the Cardinals running backs. like Sell high on James Conner, if you can. like Don't give him away just because you're supposed to sell him, but if you can get real value, like James Conner for Montgomery, James Conner for... I mean maybe James Conner and a piece for Saquon Barkley do you think that could work? Yeah, depending on what the other piece yeah, was. Yeah, I think that
2: absolutely I think that could work because you got to think the Saquon owner, I'm a Saquon owner. I'm not doing very well in my league. I would take I would take that. I'd cut that as much as I'm saying to buy Saquon where but it's all, all the context where how can you afford to buy him? And if you're a James Conner owner, man, you may just be cruising here these past couple of weeks. I would take that and it may it may be tough, a tough pill to swallow to to trade a Saquon for a James Conner, but if you need wins, we talked about that buy too. We don't know. I would I I see both sides of it, Pat. Yes. I would be looking as a Saquon owner near the basement to get a guy that I can plug in like a Conner, but if I was comfortably in a playoff spot because Conner's getting, you know, finding the end zone week in week out, that's a move that I'd be willing to take, too, to have a guy like Saquon on my team for fantasy football playoff. You got to think he's ready to go week 15, even if he's not ready to go out of the bye here. You know, week 15, week 14, to have a guy like that on my team. Absolutely. I mean, he's a, we already know the upside is there. He's a, He's a
1: league winner. So the four guys that I've identified as potential trade targets based on schedule and based on value that you will get them cheaper right now, than they're probably worth the rest of the season. Now you're going to inherit some injury risk with some of these guys, obviously Barkley, David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon, James Robinson, Uh, looking at it, the Jags playoff schedule is second easiest. And when you play in the, afc south sometimes you get some pretty gravy matchups against the texans on the go and all of a sudden you're looking great for your fantasy playoff schedule and like i said he missed the game with a heel injury but that just presents a buying window you're you're gonna have to inherit the risk that he's like potentially long-term hurt it doesn't seem like that's the case for him i'd go that the other one who he's not injured he's a bit injured but he's fine he played through it but I think there's so much confusion with the 49ers. The 49ers weirdly have a really easy running back schedule, both the rest of the season and in the fantasy playoffs.
2: Yeah, I, for Robinson first, i uh, I'm totally with you. He's a buy candidate for me as well. Um, you have the heel thing. And then you have the Colts this week, which is extremely tough. The Colts are a tough team to run on. But if you could just get through that stretch, I mean, you're going to have the Rams week 13, which is tough. But if you can get into 14 Tennessee, 15 Houston, 16 Jets, like that is fantastic. I think he's he's absolutely available. As for um, San Fran, I mean, yeah, that schedule is really nice. I'm interested in a lot of their pieces. I mean, Brendan Ayuk was a guy that – you know he showed up yesterday. I wasn't telling people to give a, up a whole lot for him. He was heck. He was probably on the waiver wire, and you could have just grabbed him. But like Eliza Mitchell, uh, I mean, he's still getting a lot of the the work, Pat. And this schedule you mentioned is really really nice. I mean, Seattle. When you look at yards per carry, that you're right, they are tough to run on, but they've given up some big plays too. So I wouldn't see that as like really, really tough, but Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston, like those are all pretty solid days. And what I noticed for matchups, what I noticed from Elijah Mitchell yesterday, he was catching balls out of the backfield. I thought that I just was surprised. I didn't think that he would really be a guy that would catch three or four passes out of the backfield. And, you know, that just kind of adds another element to to what he can do now. They didn't really run the football yesterday, (laughs) Um, I think it's a team, maybe 12 carries, uh, but he had eight of them and he caught some passes, five targets, five catches for 43 yards. That's a new element to his game. If you would have told me, you know, that he would get five targets this week, I would have said no chance. He's not, he's not getting five targets. <laughs> I just didn't think that think that that was possible that they would target him, but man, that adds another element. I don't know if you could get him. I would hold as I would try to little oh, bit. Yeah, I, he I should would be on the a, buy
1: list. I, I just don't think that he is going to be valued properly coming off a game where it appears like he didn't do too much. People are always worried about Kyle Shanahan sure. and who they're going to play. But ever since Raheem Sideshow, Sideshow Raheem Mostert, ended up going down <laughs> for the season against the Lions back in week one, it's been. Every time that Mitchell has been healthy, it's been all Mitchell. Even yesterday with uh, Jeff Wilson getting activated. It's like, oh, Jeff Wilson's going to come in, and maybe he will end up stealing touchdowns. Again, this is part of the risk that you have to get yourself into. But Eli Mitchell still played 67% of the snaps, and he's the one who's carrying the ball. And now he's being used in the receiving game. Maybe he's just their running back, because they've told us all season long, based on their actions, he's their running back, yet no one wants to believe them. I know
2: because of the Shanahan thing and a couple other variables that you mentioned, like Jeff Wilson. I heard some noise, too. Should I start Elijah Mitchell because Jeff Wilson's active? It's like yeah, maybe he comes, maybe he gets a carry at the goal line. That's possible, right? We've seen it before. It's, It's certainly possible that that could happen. But yeah, man, 19 carries week one. Surprise. Backed it up with 17 carries against the Eagles. Uh, week five against Arizona, I believe that's where he... I think he's was in and out with the lineup injuries. But uh, again, nine carries, 18 in back-to-back weeks. And against a Colts run defense that I just talked about, who I think is heading into the week, they were number one in rush VOA. I mean, there's a fantastic run defense. He topped 100 yards against them. A buck 37 on 18 carries against Chicago. And then last week, just yesterday, only eight carries, but they didn't really run the football yesterday. So he still had... Over eighty percent of the team's rushing attempts. I'm with you, man. I would. I don't think that he's going to be. Um, yeah, I don't think people are going to, you know, value him properly as a top twenty running back. And he certainly is. Even against the Rams this week, tough matchup. Maybe that's your window. Maybe this really is your window. Eight for thirty six. Gets the Rams this week.
1: Buying opportunity to get him. The rest of the guys that I'm looking at right now. So if we just go and go back up to the top of the ranking, we said Cooper Cup is number one. Then we got some running backs. So McCaffrey, Cook. Najee Harris Jonathan Taylor Austin Eckler those guys are probably the next ones up but you could also throw Kamara Zeke Mixon Henderson Barkley would you throw Chubb into that mix with them I would be looking to get Chubb yeah even with Kareem Hunt uh,
2: but but if if,
1: if someone said you could have Daryl Henderson or Nick Chubb the rest of the season which one would you want I think I'd want Henderson
2: oh my goodness (laughs) yeah yeah it's really tough for me to say that, but I think I agree with you because of, you know, it's just the schedule and the offense. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, you could probably get a piece thrown in too. It is Chubb.
1: You could, right? but, uh, but, that, but the, that's, why I, that's why I want to do these rankings. Like, who do I actually value more rest of the season? I mean, what does Henderson show? Henderson, I mean, I, they're sort of on him. Like, would you go Barkley over those two guys? I would go Barkley over those two guys. Yes. Would you go, Bar- would. Would you go Barkley would. over Zeke?
2: yes yes i would would you go zeke it's or close, chubb but I,
1: I zeke or chubb I, I would go zeke I would go zeke zeke or henderson um, yeah would you go zeke or henderson zeke
2: zeke zeke i'd go zeke would you yeah. go we're getting real close i mean henderson's in that conversation yeah would you go mixon
1: or barkley i would go i would go saquon I'll go Saquon. Really? Mr. Consistent Joe Mixon has been great. I know.
2: I know he has. It was really tough for me to say that. In the back of my head, it's like, wait, what are you doing here? It's a healthy running back, and Mixon, he has been good. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Mixon is the right call there. Uh, but again, if you ask me who would you rather have come playoff time, if, and I'm just assuming that Saquon's going to be healthy. I would lean Saquon from 15 to 17. That's the guy
1: that I want. Sure. But we also have to deal with the rest of the weeks in between where we don't know if I, I'm actually going to go with Joe Mixon over Saquon Barkley. How about Camara? Camara. I told, I'm I'm concerned. Uh, I, the touches are there. It's
2: uh, the offense. I don't really <laughs> like the feel of the offense. Is Taysom Hill going to get back now under center? He could be the quarterback. We know we've seen a sample. We've had a sample last year of, of uh, Kamara, what he looks like with Taysom Hill, and now you got Melvin Ingram or Mark Ingram in there getting carries and catching balls out of the backfield. So, I mean, I'm fine with him. I think he's a top ten running back, but you know, I I would rather have a mix in,
1: I think, than than um, Alvin Kamara. All
2: right, and that leaves Kermall's like great
1: either. Yeah, the schedule is good and bad. It's really good till it gets up to the playoffs, and then in the playoffs, he goes Bucks, Dolphins, Panthers. I mean, obviously, we know about the Buccaneers' run defense. It's all depends on Taysom Hill versus. Trevor Simeon and how willing they are to check down because it's just like Najee Harris has a terrible playoff schedule but that just means he's going to get 12 targets in those games. So it's not really that exactly. big of a deal. So it's same as McCaffrey. Like McCaffrey will just catch his way to fantasy gold rather than have to do it on the ground. If Kamara is not catching balls at a very elevated rate which we need him to do, then you do have to bump him down a little bit. Let's take a break because I need to tell you about a brand new headgum podcast called The History of Heat presented by StockX. The hilarious Yasser and Isaiah Lester are brothers and comedic writers who love everything that's considered heat. If you're wondering what heat is, well... Heat is what's cool, whether it's sneakers, art, skate decks, streetwear, even video games. Every episode, Yasser and Isaiah are joined by guests like Langston Kerman, Vashti Kola, Steve Barrett, to name a few, to discuss and share never-before-heard stories about some of the most hype and influential brands. They'll talk about everything from Nike to Marvel to Supreme to Crocs and... Travis Scott Collabs, powered by real-time data and insights from StockX, the global marketplace for authentic current culture products, History of Heat dissects the past, present, and future of all things Heat. If you're a fan of our show, be on the lookout for their episode on nostalgia, which takes a step back into Yasser and Isaiah's favorite sneakers from the past and how re-releases have influenced our lives today. featuring comedian langston kerman so subscribe to the history of heat podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts and be on the lookout for new episodes every thursday you know when you're searching online for that stuff that uh you don't want others knowing about well i know most of you're probably thinking why don't you just use incognito mode but let me tell you something Incognito mode does not actually hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why, even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter who your service provider is isps in the united states can legally sell your information to ad companies expressvpn is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure services so your isp can't see the sites that you visit expressvpn also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100 percent of your data with the most powerful encryption available most of the time i don't even realize i have expressvpn on It runs seamlessly in the background and it's so easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com/slash mayo. And you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Mayo. ExpressVPN.com slash Mayo to learn more. The way that I have it right now, it's Mac- it's Cooper Cup number one. Then after that, the running backs. And we can splice in some receivers here as well. But It goes McCaffrey, Cook, Harris, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Camara, Joe Mixon, Saquon, Zeke, Daryl Henderson, Nick Chubb. Does that sound about right?
2: Yeah, that's, it's, that sounds right. I mean, the Chubb thing is, it it may sound off, but you know, you got that by week 13 and then I don't really love the schedule. I know they have Las Vegas 15, but Baltimore week 14 is not, um, you know, it's not fantastic. A lot of teams are throwing. I know cook had a monster day against them yesterday, but yeah, I think that sounds right. Um, Man, Chubb is, I mean, he's great, right? He's fantastic, but, you know, with the schedule and the buy-in there and the other guys in good spots, I think that's that does sound right.
1: What about, so we have, like, a few other guys here in the mix that could be potentially on this tier, go higher than Henderson or Chubb or be on the same sort of tier as Zeke, like DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette has been excellent, Elijah Mitchell, James Robinson, Cordero Patterson, and we do have to factor in health with this as well. Like, how high does Patterson go? Atlanta has a terrible... Playoff and even rest of the season schedule against running backs, but I mean, he's not really a running back. <laughs> no, he's not. He's just you know he gets his eight to fourteen carries
2: every week and and just continues to do it. It's just he's a thing, man. We we just all have to you know embrace it this year. He's catching balls out of the backfield. They're using him. Um, you know, it's just a breakout season. He's always been a terrific athlete. I I would put him like that's that's this next tier that we're talking about. He deserves to be. In the conversation, even with the, I would, I would have swift ahead of him. You mentioned Leonard Fournette. The schedule isn't great for him. I wrote him up as a buy last week because he had that dead game against the saints and then the buy. Um, but still that Tampa offense, it, it is his backfield. He's linked to a really good offense that he could just, you know, maybe he gives you 12 for 50 and it's not all that great. But, you know, finds the end zone, right, because the Bucs score 40 points and he just runs the clock out or he gets you a touchdown. Um, but Patterson's just catching balls into the backfield. So I think in a full point PPR league, he deserves to be in the in the conversation just right behind DeAndre Swift and, and here next with these guys, because he's just he's just going to be a factor, man. He's, he's not a running back. He's a wide receiver that gets
1: eight to nine carries, which is super beneficial. I mean, Davis is not doing anything. Would you rather have, if we think that James Robinson is healthy as of next week, would you rather have James Robinson or Nick Chubb the rest of the season? Uh I would rather, I would go with Chubb. Are you sure? I go with Chubb and just, sure just the better that? offense. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I am. It's tough. I do like Robinson. I, I, I have a lot of respect for James Robinson Uh, But also at the end of the day, like it's this Jags offense, right? So I got to lean, I got to lean Chubb, but I think Robinson is a terrific buy. I will say that, but I got to lean, I got to lean Chubb, man, with this, the way that they run the football and uh, that offensive line is much,
1: much better than Jacksonville's. Where does Aaron Jones fit into this? Is he a part of like Fournette Cordero Patterson? Has he dropped down to that tier because of the inconsistency? I think
2: so. Yeah, it's uh man. Jake always talks about Jones. I'm sure he's going to talk about him again here today on his show as a guy that he just doesn't like. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at some of the weeks sub nine points in two of his last three. He only has one game since week three where he's had more than 15 carries. I think he's a, I think he's a good buy low. Um, but he's really like trending in the wrong direction, man. AJ Dillon deserves touches. He's getting touches. They drafted him a couple of years in the second round, but um, yeah, he's he doesn't belong in that in that tier where he was drafted. So we're sitting we just I think you just named off 10 running backs and you named off three or four that I think a lot of people would rather have Aaron Jones, but um I think other guys are in better spots and the schedule is much better. You got this bye week two to deal with, right? You got the Rams week twelve by week 13, Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland. Cleveland's a really good run defense. Those are some really tough
1: schedule. That's a tough schedule. Washington has a super soft rushing playoff schedule as well. Like, could anything Can't convince you? Could anything could? What would you give up for him? Or would you just be like, no, not for me? He's going to get hurt.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't. Nothing. um What I would give up, I'm sure the owner wouldn't take. Um, Like I, James Conner, no, wouldn't deal him. There's, there's not a lot of running backs that I can think of right now off the top of my head that I would, that I would trade for Antonio Gibson. I'm concerned. I'm extremely worried about him. Uh, He could get shut down at any moment. Even with this bye week there's, there's been so many reports out of Washington that he's going to have to play through this, that it's the only thing that will help him is rest and in more than one or two weeks rest, like five or six weeks rest, the last two games, I, I the game against Green Bay, he didn't play in the last 15 minutes of that football game. And then against the Broncos, he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. I think he had one snap. He caught a ball in the fourth. So um, it's I'd, I'd rather JD McKissick. Like, he could probably get JD McKissick pretty cheap, man. He's going to catch six or seven passes week in and week out. The schedule is awesome. You're right. I mean, even the Bucks, the Bucs is not going to be a Gibson game. It's going to be McKissick. Carolina, you can't run on them. It's going to be McKissick. Seattle. Las Vegas you get into the high power game against Dallas. Uh, you got two games against Dallas, week 14 week 16. Uh, in fact, Gibson had his best games, I think like 30% of his fantasy points last year came against Dallas, but you can't you can't trust him right now. He's not healthy. I wouldn't look to get him. And and if I was a Gibson owner, I'd I'd be looking to get whatever I could get for, from him. A piece
1: the move might actually be just if you want to try to take advantage of this Washington schedule in the playoffs because Dallas a team you can run on. Maybe just go pick up Jared Patterson and just go under the assumption that Gibson's not making it through the season with his shin injury.
2: Sure, yeah,
1: and he's a guy that's trending up
2: um, over the past couple of weeks. He's a guy that's you know gotten a little bit more run. Um, it's taking a double check. Yeah, eleven carries last time, eleven for forty six. Yeah, he should he should be rostered. I mean, his ownership is two percent.
1: Uh any of the injured guys you have interest in? Sanders, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Miles Sanders? Not cl- Miles
2: Sanders, I do, but man, it's we're seeing the Eagles run the football over the past couple weeks. And there's a couple things. Is it Nick Sariani? Is is he has he figured it out? Has he heard the noise about having a more balanced attack, like not having Jalen Hurts throw the football 40 plus times, but or is it because of the fact that they played Detroit and LA, just two really uh, you know soft run defenses? Jordan Howard is you know he's got back to back games, with a couple of touchdowns. He had 70 some odd yards yesterday, but Miles Sanders will return, and it does sound like he's going to miss one more game, and then that game out of you know where he could be you know back in the lineup off the IR is against the saints. It's not great, but man, they may have the, not just for running backs to get into wide receivers later, they may have the best schedule in football moving forward. The, after the, after the saints, you got the giants week 12, you got the jets week 13, you got to deal with the bye week 14, which is a killer. But then out of the bye, you got Washington, the giants and Washington. Again, you just playing in the NFC East and the jets like it doesn't get any better than that. So that's a risk again, another risk. But one that you could take if you're up near the top and you don't like your situation, you got the buy there. The Miles Sanders owner is probably looking to get rid of him. Heck, he could be on the waiver wire. You have Miles Sanders as your flex for come playoff time. I think that's fine, even though he's a guy that's only been getting 10 or 12 carries on average over the past few weeks. I would take on that risk if you were acquiring him to be your RB3 or flex.
1: I would rather have like an Elijah Mitchell, a David Montgomery, yes. a Melvin Gordon, like yes. all those guys ahead of Miles Sanders.
2: 100%. Absolutely. I agree. So Those I, guys that you mentioned are RB2s
1: for you. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, would you rather have Melvin Gordon or Cordero Patterson rest of the season?
2: I'd rather have Melvin Gordon. I'll, I'll just lean Gordon with the running back. I know that's. I've been on the wrong side of Cordell Patterson all year. I'll take that. I'll take that L. Uh, I get it. He's here to stay. It's his world. We're just living in it, but I just take the writing, but I just, what you mentioned off the top of the show with the schedule, that schedule, Pat is fantastic. And just give me Melvin Gordon, those touches against those teams. Would you
1: rather have David Montgomery or Cordero Patterson? I'll lean, I'll lean Cordero there. Just cause we yeah. don't know about Herbert and the injury.
0: Yeah.
1: That's it. Yeah. Just cause
2: there's a little bit of uncertainty. You got Matt Nagy there and then you have Herbert and it could be slow. Uh, it could be slow just to get him eased in. Who, who knows? I could be wrong. Melvin Gordon or Mark, um, Jeez. jordan montgomery could come in today and have 15 carries and then it's like oh no your window is is completely gone to buy but i'll lean with cordero because a little bit uncertainty there with the bears
1: i, I think that jordan montgomery is more likely to come in and strike out nine guys david <laughs> montgomery might be <laughs> m- right. might be rushing a few touchdowns on my
2: montgomery's mixed up uh
1: let's yeah. let's talk wide receivers and see how this plays out in context of these running backs. So, Cooper Cup is number one. I think then we go some running backs. But, like, I think that Adams is the clear cut number two. And then after that, it's hard to find anyone who's really been consistent whatsoever besides Deontay Johnson, who is great every week, but not like ceiling great, just great. He's like 70% Cooper Cup. Yeah, he really is. I mean,
2: the volume is always there for him. He gets a lot of targets. um Yeah, I mean, week in, week out, if you project targets, he's always near the top for me. Uh, Diggs has been inconsistent. Tyreek Hill has been inconsistent. Adams. Debo has been okay. I mean, we talked about the running back schedule, which is nice. You know, I don't think that you could get Debo. I don't know if anybody would be willing to get him, but if we're ranking rest of the season, I think he, you know, he's one of the biggest risers of the entire season he's he's good in my books man he's right there and I, I i'd put him right there with with um with adam and Diggs, maybe just a tier behind him but he's a top 10 wide receiver the rest of the way i mean you can
1: make the case the top five okay so let's go with Devonte adams Devonte, at would you rather have Devonte adams or joe mixon the rest of the season i'd rather have adams okay would you rather have Devonte adams or austin eckler I'd rather have Eckler there. I think I'd rather, I'd rather have. Ad, I think I'd rather have Adams. I think that the top four running backs the rest of the season are McCaffrey, Cook, Harris, and Taylor, and that group is so solid that then I would go with Devonte Adams because Rodgers is coming back, so I don't see how it's that yeah. big of a deal. And then like, I is Tyreek number three? Is Jamar Chase number three? I, I know people will rank Stefan Diggs really highly, but spoiler alert, he has been god awful this year. Yeah, he has.
2: And, I mean, he's got three three touchdowns in the season. He's only topped 100 yards. Teams are just figuring them out. I mean, credit to the Jags, man. They just kind of played back and just generated some pressure. Um, So, yeah, I would would go – you know what? I would go – I still give the benefit of the doubt to Tyreek. Um, So, I'd go Tyreek three among wide receivers. But then I would go Chase. Then I would go Chase next. You know, um, he's been pretty consistent all year. He had a drop yesterday and then another, you know, a fumble – But the targets have been there. He's clearly Joe Burrow's guy moving forward. He's the number one guy. He's the number one read option for him. Uh, So he's the one. But I put Tyreek there, even though he has had some, you know, some dead games. The volume is just, it's been king, right? The Chiefs offense, I don't know. They certainly have some issues. But you got a decent schedule moving forward, too. Um, You know, you got Las Vegas. You got Dallas. You got Las Vegas twice. There's probably going to be some high up-tempo games last year, those two teams. I think both games combined for 60 points, certainly one of them. Was a really high powered offense. You got um, almost 30 targets
1: over the last two weeks for Tyreek Hill, so you gotta put them there. So, wide receiver strength of the schedule, rest of the season uh, from weeks 10 to 17. Once again, you can find all of this information in helpful, colorful graph form in the newsletter, link in the description. Eagles number one, Titans, 49ers. 49ers just have a really easy schedule, apparently, the rest of the season. Packer, yeah. Packers. And Ravens and Panthers would be your top six. Maybe DJ Moore is a really nice buy low now if they can ever figure their shit out. But we'll see about that. In the fantasy playoffs, the best schedules are Eagles, Eagles, Jets, Cowboys, Dolphins, Ooh. Bears, 49ers, Titans. So looking at the rankings right now, I think it's a very clear cut one and two, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. I'm kind of with you with Tyreek Hill, but I might make AJ Brown my number four. Knowing that they yeah, don't they, mean, it, knowing, knowing that they can't really run anymore. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh good on
2: um AP to get that touchdown last night, but man, that was oh, it might have been the toughest touchdown he's ever had in his career. <laughs> it was uh it was tough to get in there, man. But I am I'm in total agreement with you that Julio Jones just does not have much to offer at all. I mean he's just getting screened I think like 90% of his catches this year have just been like a, a screen pass for like eight or nine yards. AJ Brown has had at least nine targets in four straight games. He's got 11 and back-to-back weeks. He's got at least 91 yards in three or four. AJ Brown, he is right there. Um, he, you know what? Man, what do you think? Him or Tyreek? I think Tyreek's got the high ceiling, but man, AJ's AJ is right there in terms of he may be more efficient because they're not going to be able to run the football, Pat. And he's gonna get a he's the clear cut number one. He doesn't have to deal with anybody else catching passes in out of the out of the wide receiver core where Kelsey's still getting, you know, a lot of looks. he like Kel- Hill still has to deal with Kelsey. So I think maybe AJ might be the better, you know, I mean, you're not going to be able to get any of these guys, but if you're ranking me. No, 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 AJ no, no, no.
1: But, but, but what I'm saying is like, if I have Jamar Chase, could I trade him for AJ Brown right now? Oh yeah, you probably could. I would do that. I would do that. It's tough to trade Chase,
2: but I would... I like AJ a yeah, bit more I, with I, that schedule. You're talking about the schedule. Yeah,
1: you're projecting. Listen, if this was as simple as who has scored the most fantasy points this season in a list and those are the best players, that would be one thing. But we're trying to project out for the rest of the season. You're probably going to have to take a chance to shake up your team. And maybe you don't want to do it, but if you want to make your team better, you're going to have to take a risk somewhere down the line. And hell, you might trade for AJ, Jamar Chase for AJ Brown, then AJ Brown gets hurt next week and he's out for the season. It's like, oh, well, shit. It happens. Yeah, it happens. So, yeah, happens. Yeah. I think I would go A.J. Brown as my number two after your number three after Devontae Adams, then have Tyreek Hill right after him. And then, man, it gets pretty tricky. Like I said, I don't want to rank Diggs all that high. Not that I think Diggs is bad, but like Dallas has a super easy pass schedule. The Bucks have a super easy pass schedule. Like, do you just I'd rather load up on the Bucks guys than Cowboys guys. It's kind of the conclusion that I've come to. You know what Dallas loves to do? Play at a really slow pace.
2: Yeah, they do. They're playing they're playing much different this year than last year. They're playing at a slow pace. Uh, Dax calling audibles at the line of scrimmage, And, um, you know, they, they have been running the football a little bit more. I think part of that is their defense has been better. But yesterday was just they just got kind of smacked in the face. So they were never in that game at all. So I lean with those Bucks guys, too, because Tampa's playing at a much higher pace. They've been inside the top two or three all year long. Uh, and then you just have that offense. Like, Brady doesn't give a shit. He's just throwing the football. Like, I'll just drop back and throw the football 40-plus times. I don't care. Uh, even if they're up three touchdowns, it's it, it doesn't matter so like um godwin and evans like
1: these guys are i would rather have them than the dallas guys too um, okay what about it yeah i know antonio brown's dealing with this ankle injury as we're speaking right now we don't know when he's going to be back but why not and i think antonio brown's averaging more points per game than these guys yeah he's well yeah because he's been scoring touchdowns <laughs> he's getting some red zone looks
2: he's and that's at the end of the day, when you're fighting touchdowns, but he's getting a lot of targets, he's getting way more targets than Mike Evans. When all three of them are together, it does seem like Evans is that odd man out because he gets that top corner and then you get Godwin and then you have uh, Antonio Brown in there. So AB is a bit of a risk, but um, you know, again, right now is the time to do it. If you're up near the top, you can get him, Uh like, I don't know what 50 cents in the buck. Like it's, it's very possible with this guy, you know, in a walking boot right now. And and his last three games were fantastic, man. He racked up over 30 targets and over
1: 200 yards so yeah if you can get him sure cheap yeah like Justin Jefferson's sort of scaring me without that one like decent long decently long catch against the Ravens that's like back-to-back games where he's just been kind of awful uh, the Chargers guys it seems like it's more Keenan Allen than Mike Williams ever since Mike Williams sustained that injury like he's been bad
2: he has been yeah um Slay did a good job on him yesterday He's probably dealing with something. Not playing hundred um, percent. Yeah, it's it has been a lot of Keenan. I still view Mike Williams as a decent buy low, though. Um, you know, because of just the games that he's had. Let's take a quick peek at the schedule. Yeah, you got Cincy week thirteen. Cincy's nice. Giants fourteen. KC. Oh man, that's a really nice schedule. Um, Cincinnati thirteen. Giants week fourteen. KC fifteen. And Houston sixteen. That's pretty. Um, that's a risk that I'd be willing to take too. I mean, you could get this guy because his last three games he's got six grabs. For like uh, fewer than a hundred yards, you know he hasn't topped eight fantasy points.
1: Would you rather have Keenan? Five. Would you rather have Keenan or Mike Williams? I'd rather have Keenan. Yeah, yeah, he's just more, he's a safer. What about some of the outlier players that we've seen this year? Like, how much trust do you put in? Is Hollywood Brown better than Stefan Diggs at fantasy? Straight up, <laughs> maybe this year. Maybe
2: this year he is. Um, I don't know. I I still think I'd go Diggs there. But Hollywood Brown, I had him ranked as a top 12 wide receiver this week. It was slow going, but, you know, he finally came around. Lamar's throwing the football down the field. Uh, even though they they run the football, they're not getting, you know, Devontae and Latavius in there. They're not getting – it's not super efficient. It's really just Lamar running himself and then, and then chucking it down the field. I'd go with – I would go with, um, I'd lean Diggs. You know, the schedule has been super easy for the Bills. And that's what's been so, I guess, so frustrating and so puzzling that Stefan Diggs hasn't been able to, to get it done. Maybe they get into some tougher matchups where, you know, games are more competitive. You got the Saint, you got Indy, the Saints, New, New England, Tampa, New England again. Oh, man. Maybe I would go Marquise over Diggs.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. Like the Raven schedule is super soft for receivers it coming down the stretch. Really as well. soft. Yeah. Ma- maybe the move is because obviously he's coming off so many great weeks, and when you go look at the points, he's going to be like a top ten guy. Maybe Bateman's the trade. You can pick up Bateman in a ton of spots, but in competitive leagues, obviously he's owned. I mean, he's the one who saw all the air yards in that Vikings game. Like when they're going down the field now, it seems like they know that people know that Hollywood Brown's the deep threat, so they just throw it deep to Rashad Bateman.
2: Yeah, eight targets from yesterday. He played 65 snaps. He ran 43 routes, which was just seven behind um, Hollywood. And you're right. The schedule, oh, man, it's it's pretty decent. I mean, you're going to the Rams week 17. You just figure it out. It's championship for you. But um, you can throw on Cleveland this year, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, um, Chicago, Miami, Miami right away here. Yeah, both of these guys are in really good spots moving forward. Uh, but you're right. Bateman, you could pick up, um, or you can maybe just get, uh, it's possible that you could just get this guy. I mean, there's a lot of hype surrounding him and people may not be satisfied with five for 52, but I, I liked what I've seen from him in the three games so far this season. I mean, 20 targets is pretty significant for a rookie in his first three NFL games.
1: So the ones that I'm looking at as potential buys, I got Jalen Waddle because Miami has a very easy pass schedule coming down the stretch. Rashad Bateman, DJ Moore. And I got to pick a Jets guy. And the Jets guy, the Jets receiver hinges on whether, can they just bench Zach Wilson the rest of the year? Because then I'm like all in on like Elijah Moore.
2: (laughs) What is Cuss saying about that? I mean, Zach Wilson looks brutal. Mike White comes in and he's just phenomenal. 400 yards passing the most from a Jets quarterback since Vinny Testaverde in like 2000. And then you have Johnson who just came in last week and was able to carve up as well. Elijah Moore, they couldn't get this guy um, really involved at all. And he's looked like a baller over the past couple of weeks. It does depend on what quarterback. I mean, I, what do you think, man? If Wilson, do they just shut down Wilson? I think it, it's possible. Like, why do they want to throw him back out in the fire? Um, but I'm sure they also want to give him some reps. I think Crowder is the guy to buy. I don't want to spend top dollar on Elijah Mitchell or Elijah Moore because he's like had those two solid games. He's, yeah, but he's not even
1: picked up right now. Like you can legit pick him up off the waiver wire.
2: Yeah, he, I, I guess he could. He should be on. I gotta, this guy should be rostered.
1: But yeah, what's his 27%? So to, so, I mean,
2: you could pick up Crowder too, can't you?
1: You could. I think I'd rather have the... I, I think that... Crowder's at the end of his deal right now, and the Jets aren't really playing for anything. So I think that once we get to the end of the year, we're going to have, even if it is Zach Wilson, that we're going to have a showcase for like, hey, let's get our guys some routes here because Crowder's not going to be on the team next year. We need to get these guys more reps, more cohesion, more chemistry, so maybe we can parlay something into the next year. Hell, maybe Mike White's just the starter because he's great. And uh, Zach Wilson sucks, so there could be that behind it. Like, I don't know what to do with DJ Moore. At least I still know that he's good. Robbie Anderson is just absolute trash. Um, but I think that now is a pretty good time to go by him just based on the results that we've seen in Carolina, very friendly wide receiver schedule coming down the stretch and yeah, so here's some here's a trade that I made with Cus two weeks ago. So obviously in our key, like we play in a keeper league, uh, where you can keep three guys plus what we call a red shirt. If you ha- if you've drafted a player where you don't get them, if you don't play them the entire season, they qualify as a red shirt, so they become an extra keeper that you can have for the round that you drafted them in. So I've tanked this year because I went all in last year, didn't win, and my team sucked. So I traded. Like I drafted Joe Mixon in the first round, flipped him for a first-round pick. I drafted Kyle Pitts in the second round, uh, meaning that he would have to be kept in the first round next year, which makes him pretty unkeepable. Unless he was like the greatest mm-hmm. tight end ever. So I traded Pitts and Jalen Waddle, who was a third-round redshirt, so you'd have to keep him in the third round. Pitts is unkeepable going into next year. To Cust, for his first-round pick, Jerry Judy, who I can keep in the fifth, and Elijah Moore, who I can keep in the sixth. Oh, i sorry. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I gave him Alex Collins too.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Here's Alex Collins. I mean, that's a significant win. Jerry Judy's been a uh, Jerry Judy. I like the direction uh, for him and Cortland Sutton. I was just looking up. He's played, these guys have played three games together, Sutton and Judy and Sutton's finished outside the top 60 at wide receiver. In each of those three games, you know, Elijah Moore is, I, I think he's really good. And just to say about DJ Moore, You know what, honestly, like as we're kind of coming full circle here and talking this out, I think he may be the best bilo candidate in football, uh, DJ Moore, because you have the uncertainty with – uh, Sam Darnold, he's one, he's really good. And you mentioned the schedule is very, very favorable. I think Elijah Moore may be the pickup, maybe the ad uh, I was talking about how I didn't want to spend, you know, because he just had, you know, the 27 fantasy points the week before they added 13. I was a little hesitant on him in week eight, because there were three other guys that played more snaps and ran more routes than him. He really wasn't, um, you know, playing a big bulk of the snaps or playing a lot of routes, but he is a rookie. He's young. It, it's almost like Rondell Moore. than when he gets on the field, you know, the teams find a way to, to get him the ball, whether it's an end around or a screen. Uh, so maybe the snaps and the routes ran are not significant. Uh, but when he's on the field, he does seem to be a factor. Um, but, m- you know, moving forward and looking ahead at their schedule, it's fantastic. And if it is indeed Mike white under center, I think you have to feel a little bit better about the outlook for the, for this team playing from behind. He's certainly capable he threw to Elijah Moore a couple of times and even Johnson was thrown to him as well. So Crowder could be that guy's the risky guy. Um, I think he's fine. He, you can probably pick him up off the waiver wire too. Both of these guys' ownerships are like 30%. Uh, but I think, you know, if you're shooting for the upside and a guy that's trending up in the offense, look at the guy that they took with um, I believe was like their second pick in the draft. So Elijah Moore. Yeah. That's
1: good schedule. I mean, you get him for pretty cheap, right Pat? You probably could. So I I think I, I most definitely you could. So here are the guys that I think that you can leverage in your leagues, and this might come back to bite you because these guys are good. But if you wanted to sell, especially off name value, to try to get a Barkley or you know DJ Moore and Melvin Gordon for one of these guys, what it might be. You mentioned Cortland Sutton. I, I you obviously wouldn't get those two guys for Cortland Sutton, but I think that Cortland Sutton is a big time sell. I think that Diggs yep. is a sell based on. It's not that he's going to be bad. It's just he's not going to be as good as maybe people think that he is. Like, even like if I just go to some random site, I type in rest of the season rankings of the season rankings. Let's click here, click on the first result. Where's Stefan Diggs ranked wide receiver rest of the season? Wide receiver four. Like he's not gonna be wide receiver four. He's probably gonna yeah. be like wide, wide receiver 17. You might as well upgrade that Agreed. spot and play off that. Yeah. The Colts have a really difficult pass schedule through the playoffs, so Pittman might be a nice time to sell right now. That would make me hesitant. It depends on what you really have to get something good for him, or he's a hold. But I think that he's a name that you can float out there. I think Terry McLaurin is another one. Uh, Washington, very difficult pass schedule upcoming. And DeAndre Hopkins, I know it sucks that he didn't play this week, and that kind of depletes his value a little bit. But he's just, I mean, he's banged up. He's been dealing with this hamstring injury for like seven weeks. He has like two good weeks so far this season and he's just another one just off of name value alone you could probably get a ton for him cd lamb is kind of another one too like he's been kind of brutal for a bit now <laughs> justin jefferson is another yeah. one i think that these yeah. are guys that you can use in as the one for a two for one or if you wanted to go get one of those basically these are barclay trade candidates i think
2: Yeah. um, Hopkins, uh, total agreement with you. He's been written up over at FTN for, for myself. I've, I've mentioned him as a sell high candidate just on name value alone. You're right. I mean, it seems like he's, he's been touchdown dependent this season and there's been a lot of just moving pieces with Arizona. Um, Yeah. Bad time maybe to flip him, but you know, you can count your losses and maybe flip them to a guy who's up near the top and say, look, Hopkins, you want Hopkins for a playoff run. Here you go. Here's Hopkins. Give me, Devontae Smith and I don't know, somebody like you could do something like that. Same with Diggs. I mean, I'm rocking the Eagles hat here, but it's not because I love this squad. Um, Devontae Smith is a really nice schedule here. Like you could flip, I'm not saying one for one, but would you flip a Diggs or a Hopkins and get Smith and I don't know, a JD McKissick? No. Like, it, no, 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 no. It no, seems no, like no. a loss. I, I, I
1: absolutely would not. Because I, I don't like that return whatsoever. If I'm gonna leverage, you my, could do better than that. Yeah, if you I, could probably if, if do better I, than if that. If I'm gonna leverage Diggs or Hopkins or McLaurin or one of these like very high end name wide receivers, I want to get the guys that I want to get from running back and wide receiver in a two for one. Like that's not even near good enough. It would have to be like Berkeley and Devonta Smith for like Hopkins. Sure, but you nobody would ever do that. Like that's are, are, really, no you, you don't you don't think the, bur- the Berkeley owner in your league is looking for something here?
2: Maybe, potentially, but Hopkins is probably not... Hopkins may not be one that they will not want to trade an injured
1: running back for an injured wide okay, receiver. I, I, mean, I, 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 I would do the same deal for Diggs. Uh, McLaurin's coming off of bye, so he's fresh the rest of the season. No more bye weeks. Maybe it's him you can leverage. And just, I don't love the upside. CD Lamb, like I said, could potentially be another one in that spot. Although the Cowboys do have a really good passing schedule down the stretch. It's that pace that really starts to worry me. Uh Who's another one? Like Brendan Cooks. The Texans have a brutal... Past schedule through the fantasy playoffs he's not the sort of name and he's been really good this year maybe you can catch someone with him i don't know like it's that's a tough situation but like i think that waddle is a nice trade waddle is the discount devonta smith and i think that waddle is just a better week in week out fantasy player because you know parker's on the ir fuller might never play and it doesn't really seem to matter who's quarterback for the dolphins whether people set or Tua. waddle just gets targets every week yeah. Waddle's fantastic. I mean, the, the yards
2: haven't been there. They don't use them. I don't think properly, but you know, in the slot from a full point PPR league um, standpoint, he's, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, I would project him as a top 20 wide receiver the rest of the way, just on pure volume alone. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. We saw it yesterday. We seen it before with Jacoby Brissett. Um, the volume is always going to be there for him. So yeah, he's, he's, he's a definite if you, I mean, if you could get him, absolutely. I just taken a look again he's gotten basically eight targets in every single game but you know the, the first couple early on in in his NFL career so absolutely like he's not super efficient with them like 12 for four catches on 12 targets for 29 yards is not great but at least he's getting that volume last week was was significant
1: eight for 83 on on 10 targets
2: oh I, um, oh I have an, Yeah. I, I,
1: oh I I have a sell for you I, just before we get unless there's any other receiver you think you, we should buy or sell here
2: I don't, I don't think so. I think we, you know, we hit on a lot of them. I think the biggest thing takeaway for me is like, you know, uh, a digs or a Hopkins on this, the name value alone, like it's a two for one that you could get. And we, you know, we threw a couple out there like Waddle and Smith, like these are guys that you can get and then you can get, I think on top of that is another piece. I mean, Pitts is one of those tight ends that I would flip last oh, yeah. week. I, I sell high immediately. Um, the second that Calvin Ridley, um you know he's gonna miss significant time at least a couple more games I think he's placed on like I forget the name of the list NFL list but it's, it's like two more games where he's not gonna play and who knows he may not play uh the rest of the year and teams are just doubling uh they're really focusing on Pitts. so like he's another guy that I would sell
1: yeah Pitt's 100% sell and he's another name that you can package together to potentially trade up maybe maybe the Barkley one I gave out was too high but let's say you had Diggs, you could trade Diggs for Melvin Gordon and DJ Moore potentially. Oh man, absolutely, yeah. I would, I would do that.
2: I would do it even for a Waddle and a Smith and put him in in that conversation instead of yeah, like but, but, but you the, know, the, DJ.
1: I'd rather DJ. Yeah. the The one problem is that when you start doing the one for twos, do you need those two players or like if you're on the other end of that, be like, okay, I actually think Diggs is going to be great, and those other guys are kind of middling, so I keep Diggs is digs like is there a Rashad Bateman on the waiver wire? Then you don't need to make that trade. Then you just go get Rashad Bateman. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, absolutely. Those... Yeah, two for ones don't always work. <laughs> yeah. You you need to you need to like if you're ever gonna make a two for one, you really do need to assess it versus what's available on your waiver wire at the same time. Like because, that I mean, that's a pretty good strategy to just, you know, trade two for ones all the time and try to acquire really high-end players who might have a bit of a down spell at the moment because, oh, yeah, I can go pick up Bateman or Elijah Moore or whoever off the waiver wire because I play in a thin league with short benches. Like, you need to assess what's available for you to pick up, too, and see if there's any of those options out there for you. You mentioned Pitts at tight end. I think that Logan Thomas is a buy coming off of... Okay. Uh, everyone's just kind of forgotten about him. They're coming off bye week. He's potentially yeah. been expected to be activated from injured reserve. Everyone, he's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Like everyone's picked up their Zach Ertz's of the world and picked up their Dawson Knox's. And, you know, they don't care about Logan Thomas anymore. But when it comes to like scoring fantasy points, he doesn't score a ton, but he always scores between like eight and 12 every week. <laughs> Which is amazing, yeah. right? I mean, Higby
2: doesn't do that. Everybody loves Higby. Everybody ranks him as a top 10 tight end. I mean, Logan Thomas, 12 points, 9 points, 12 and a half setting, two touchdowns in three games. Yeah, I've I've stashed this guy on IR. I'm seeing his ownership at 53% Yahoo. I absolutely agree with you. Um, and then again, that's we're talking about pits. Like, you could flip pits. Like, if you were able to pick up a Logan Thomas right now and put him on IR, all signs point to him returning this week, he practiced last week. Um, and before he suffered that injury... I think he played 99% of Washington snaps for the first three weeks. He played hundred percent of the snaps in week two, and then he suffered that injury. So you could flip a pits, maybe that big name value don't have to get a tight end in return. Uh, Just get something that can help out your squad you know, a lot of players that we've already talked about here on this show and then maybe pick up a Logan Thomas and roll with him. I mean, you're going to rank him as a top 10 tight end. I'm going to rank him as a top 10 tight end for certain. As long as he's healthy, um, he's yeah, absolutely productive.
1: Yeah, I think that there's sort of this like middle range. I don't know if Gasicki, I mean, Gasicki's going to have to be a top 10 guy. I want to continue to monitor Pat Friermuth or Firemouth or Ghost Rider, as I like to call him, because he's got the <laughs> Firemouth. But as long as Ebron is out, like he's been legit.
2: He has been legit. I, I'm going to lose my matchup tonight when he's got four fantasy points. I know he's going to get them. I think back-to-back weeks, seven targets. Ben can't throw the ball down the field. He's looking his way inside the red zone too, which is something that happened early in the season when Ebron was there. It was like, oh, he'd gotten only got like two targets, but those targets seem to come in the red zone, and that's exactly what you want from your tight end. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he could possibly, he's maybe
1: available on your waiver wire, but he's a guy that I'm interested in moving forward. What do you do with, like, the Dawson Knox, Rob Gronkowski? Like, it's hard to trade for tight ends, I think, unless you have one of, like, the elite name guys, which would be Kelsey, Pitts, Waller, Kittle, now that he's back. Hawkinson. I'd say Hawkinson and Mark Andrews are kind of on, like, in terms of, like, how people view them in fantasy or on, like, the next little mini tier below. But I don't think that Andrews and Hawkinson are all that, and, hell, even Kittle or Waller, or, like, Waller's had, what, like, two good games this year?
2: He's been a bust. Yeah, Waller's been a bust. I wouldn't be looking to, to grab him. I would, but, I, I, I but could, that f- but that f- might be the leverage is that
1: maybe these guys are closer to Goddard, Gesicki, Gronk, and then on the next tier down, you would have Fryermuth, Higby, Dan Arnold, Logan Thomas. Uh, then you have that weird like middle Gronk and Dawson Knox, like I mentioned. That you're probably not trading for or like trading those guys, but if you wanted to trade Kelsey, Pitts, Waller, Andrews, maybe it's a nice time to buy Kelsey because. Kansas City just looks completely out of sorts at the moment. But the rest of those guys, I think you could potentially sell them for more than they're probably worth at this point because there's no one tight end that stands out above them all. It's been a pretty flat year at tight end if you go and look at how the fantasy points have been distributed. Obviously, Kelsey's the best, but he hasn't been like he has. 24 more points than Mark Andrews. Gesicki is third. So Kelsey is far and away still the best. So Kelsey and Andrews, Gesicki, Hawkinson, Darren Waller, Dalton Schultz, Kyle Pitts, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, CJ, Uzma, Dawson Knox. That's the top 10 in tight end scoring so far this season.
2: Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Uzama, uh, crazy.
1: Yeah. I, I,
2: I mean, all these guys, these name value guys, like a Waller, Kittle's coming off the big week. Um, you know, if I had Andrews, I'd probably just keep them, but like Pitts, Kelsey, I'd keep them. But honestly, I, you know, some of these names that you mentioned like Knox or Gronk, these guys could have been dropped. Um, you know, Goddard was dropped. Maybe you picked him up and he's been, you know, he's been a big part of the offense you know, with Zach Ertz, not there. Uh, Dan Arnold has led the Jags and targets, I believe, four straight weeks now. Like it's not, if it's not spectacular. Um, but if you could get, you know, if you could trade one of those tight ends up at the top of the board for, again, two pieces or something that can give you more balance, I'm fine with that. And rolling out one of these tight ends that, I mean, Hunter Henry is not a great guy in terms of, doesn't get the volume guys get like five or six touchdowns in his last five or six weeks. If you're just getting nine to 10 fantasy points at the tight end position, it doesn't seem ideal. Like obviously you'd rather have those top guys, but it's all about context and balance that if you could flip one of them for two solid pieces and just roll out that tight end that gets anywhere from eight to 12 points every week, like a Logan Thomas, I think that you're. It's beneficial for your squad moving forward to do something like that. And yeah, I mean, yeah. go get, high on the big names.
1: Yeah, just go, just leverage that name value. Go get a running back. Go get a wide receiver for a Kyle Pitts, absolutely, or a Hawkinson or a Waller. Kittle actually has a very nice schedule. So We'll talk about QBs uh, very briefly before sure. we get out there because you don't really want to trade for a quarterback, but ones you can pick up depending on what happens with San Francisco, whether it's Jimmy G or whether it's Trey Lance, the Niners' passing schedule looks awesome the rest of the year. It really
2: does. And I, I don't think, you know, I, I thought to myself yesterday that, that it was the, the big Jimmy game because if they would have, uh, I mean, they did lose, and now they have the Rams. This team is done, right? They're not they're not going to make the postseason. It could be – I mean, why not, right? Yeah. Why not make that switch maybe after the Rams? You got the Jags Week 11 for Trey Lance. So the schedule <laughs> – I'm looking at it. What you sent over. I mean, top five against quarterback for quarterbacks, four for running backs, and three for wide receivers. That schedule is really, really nice. Um, just looking at it again, man. Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Like, is you got Jacksonville as I mentioned week 11. So Trey Lance, you can maybe just pick up right now for free. Uh, maybe same thing with Ayuk. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'd grab Jimmy and roll him out. But
1: don't that- you
2: think they'll make that switch?
1: I think that they will at some point. We obviously know that Trey Lance will be a much more valuable fantasy commodity just based on the way that he scores points. But rest of the season, from like now to the end, Derek Carr has the easiest passing schedule of any quarterback. Uh, The Niners are actually fifth, but in the playoffs, they're second. Uh, Then the Steelers become number one, although I don't know. Another reason to go by Deontay Johnson, uh, I suppose, but I don't know if I want to be rolling out big Ben in some of those matchups. The Jets are super easy. Honestly, the guy to go by is Jalen Hurts.
2: Yeah, because of the schedule, two and two bad. Games yeah, I mean, in mean hurts.
1: Row. Let's go.
2: Two two bad games in a row. Um. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Honestly, I'm just buying in on on this Eagles offense all to all together, just because of the schedule, right? And you have a tough matchup this week against uh, Denver in Denver, and that's going to be a tough one for Jalen Hurts. So, like, now is the time, and then you have the Saints. Uh, but when he played the Saints last year, I believe it was his first start. He had over 100 yards on the ground against them. So even you look at these two schedules, that would you say to the Hurts owner, oh, you got Denver, you got uh, New Orleans, and you have you know 20, 20 fantasy points last week and 11 the week before, and he's not throwing the football. So you could sell somebody on that, but there's there's going to be uh, these schedule these games moving forward would be really nice for Hurts. Another guy I wanted to throw out there that I think um, is worthy of a Bilo candidate is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, we both like AJ Brown. Uh, we we both talked about how there's not a really uh, the run game is probably going to be non-existent for this team, and they their schedule is really nice as well. I mean, Houston week 11, then you have that bye which does suck week 13, but then Jacksonville week 14 out of the bye. So I'm seeing here seventh best schedule for for quarterbacks, not um and fifth come playoff time. It's not bad. Tannehill could be had.
1: Would you continue. would you enjoy if your playoff schedule for a quarterback was Patriots Cardinals Raiders? Cuz I wouldn't. No, I don't I don't want any uh, Patriots or are-
2: are tough man (laughs) i don't want any quarterback up. i don't want any player up against the
1: pats no i I don't i don't love that who's who's got that schedule carson wentz that's why i didn't love Pittman all that much i think that not that you can like trade carson wentz but he might be a guy to potentially start severing ties with they get the jets this week that's great the bills kind of tricky and then it goes bucks texans patriots cardinals raiders for the colts it's tough schedule it
2: is a tough schedule, yeah. I mean, you could super flex league. You could maybe have Wentz on your squad. You could flip him, right? Now's the time to flip him. He's had yeah, when, uh, few uh, you know, what? games in a when, row.
1: Wentz for Hurts. Someone would do that right now after Wentz has been playing great. Someone would do that. And Hertz has been playing poorly. Yep. That's the move. Yep. That's the move. Could you, yep. could you trade Mahomes? Well, let's just say you had Patrick Mahomes on your team. Could you flip him for, like, a position player right now, do you think? Like, people would want to buy low on Patrick Mahomes? And that then it turns out they're not actually buying low; they're just paying for what he's worth.
2: Yeah, um, I think you could. Yeah, I mean it's Patrick Mahomes. There's there's some Mahomes believers out there. I, this offense looks absolutely pathetic, man. It looks brutal. They're totally out of sorts. Uh, I think I feel like they're playing cocky for a team that can that gets like five yards per carry. They don't want to run the football. Like teams are saying, "Go ahead if you want to run the football. Here you go. Here's your first down." But they're not. They don't want to run it. They're, they're not really running the football. They're, they're throwing the football and they're making mistakes all over the field. Um, yeah. Mahomes didn't look good. I mean, 20 for 37 for a buck 66 yesterday against that Packers squad at home. <laughs> That's brutal, man. But yeah, if I had Mahomes, I mean, you know, you can pick up dudes. You can pick up Wentz off the waiver wire. You can pick up a lot of quarterbacks off the waiver wire and just roll with them in, in
1: nice schedules. So I don't know. What do you think? I think, if you could get um could you get James Robinson you know, a lot for of it. the guys could you get James Robinson for him today?
2: I think you could. Don't I, you? Yeah yes. I, I do. I it. think you could. I do it. Yes. Yes. You you could. Um and you just roll out another quarterback, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. There's a lot of quarterbacks um that finished weekend of week out guys inside the top 10 there were five of them last week with sub 25 percent ownership that finishes top 10 quarterbacks last week you play the matchups
1: i mean I, i'd go to my barkley owner and be like hey you need patrick mahomes i'll take saquon off your hands they, they'll probably say no but it can't <laughs> hurt to ask like that, that if you got yeah. that if you got that deal like, and you saw it, it wouldn't be like a slap in the face type deal. Like Patrick Mahomes is, you know, he's the best. Like why, why wouldn't I want to have that guy? You know what I mean? And he's been great. Like outside yeah. of the past two weeks, he has been excellent for fantasy this year. But, uh, but I, I just think that you can replace quarterback stash so much, e- so much easier. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's what we talk all the time in this industry about not, you know, drafting a guy like Mahomes in the first couple rounds, because like, it's just at the quarterback position, it's so replaceable. Uh, Yeah. He's the big name right? I mean, you could sell them on a couple of the matchups moving forward and you got the bye week in there. Just get them off your roster and roll roll with another quarterback. I mean, you could probably do better than James Robinson. I'm fine with James Robinson, the return, but you could probably do better than that. You, the, you know, trading is really tough. I'm glad that we're walking through this and hopefully people are, you know, finding this very helpful, but I think you just need to, you know, these guys that we're mentioning, you just need to check in. You don't know if they're available. You'll, you, you know, you never know if they are available. And the thing is, you have to always be checking in a DJ. You may think like DJ Moore. I, I couldn't get DJ Moore. Who's going to flip DJ Moore? You never know if that DJ Moore owner is just completely at it. They're watching Sam Darnold play football and they don't like the, what they've seen. So you could maybe just get him where you would think, you know what? This guy's probably not available. Who wants to trade Saquon? You always got to be checking in on your league mates just to see if these guys are available. And a lot of the guys that we've talked about, their windows are open. Last one
1: I'll throw out because I did not mention him in the wide receiver part is I do think that Jarvis Landry is starting to trend towards like big breakout games, like all the targets are there, just the yardage has not matched it. Like he led the Browns in targets against Cincinnati he was eighth on the team in receiving. Like that just doesn't correlate properly. Eventually, once he's back to being 100%, I think that Jarvis Landry is going to be a good wide receiver three. I just don't know if it still takes a few weeks to, for him to get back up to 100%. So he's, and he's more of a, hey, check the waiver wire to see if someone dropped Jarvis Landry rather than going out to acquire him. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, that
2: game was super weird yesterday. They only had 48 snaps on offense. Um, they scored pretty quick, efficiently. They had the pick six so i i don't think you should be totally discouraged if you are a landry owner and you pick him up i agree uh with no otto beckham jr there he's a guy that's certainly trending up i mean he had four targets but nobody else had uh, only donovan people's jones had more than two like it just it really was a weird game they'll get into some games where they have to throw the football a little bit more it'll be more competitive games donovan people's jones i think has 70 plus yards and three straight two he's like a guy that you can just go pick up but landry's Landry's a clear winner. For Odell Beckham Jr. And by the way, no matter where OBJ lands here today, I would sell high on him as well. I mean, he's a big name guy. Just flip him for whatever you can get. That's, That's my stance on OBJ
1: yeah me too unless it's even if it's the Lions I don't really care at this point so once again I will have the positional ranks in the newsletter link that is in the description uh, as if you wanted to follow along or see what Meanie and I ended up coming up with I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of where I want to rank everyone now at each position going forward the strength of schedule coded charts are in there as well along with the normal stuff like you know the air yards the tight end routes run the running back snaps that's all in the newsletter please sub to that right now smash a like for the episode give me your favorite buy favorite sell for the rest of the season and that will do it for me but Meany what do you got going on this week um well I get
2: the all-in football show with Jake which is also on Game Plus man Game Plus has quite the lineup it's pretty cool to see uh me and you on there on the and then the footballers and then Jake's got his own show so that's pretty cool uh show it's a Game Plus Mean Streets is every day Monday to Friday at uh it airs at on Game Plus at 1 Eastern um, but we record it at 12. So um, actually, yeah, this lies. I think it's too Eastern, but we record at 12 every day, Monday to Friday. Got the, the show with uh, Eric Young, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, some fantasy hockey talk and stuff. I, I can't believe how quick the NFL season has has flown by. I can't believe it's week 10 already. This is fun, man. It's cool to, to kind of talk this out with somebody. It's, you know, you have the charts there as well, but it's nice to have the conversation of just, um, you know, because, you know... It, Things change so quickly, right? You wouldn't think like who would sell digs, right? But walking through this with you, um, you know, you could get a couple pieces for digs, and you know it could really help out the just get yourself more balance on your fantasy squad because it really is. It's such a crapshoot, Pat, from week fifteen to seventeen, usually fourteen to sixteen. It really is all about matchups. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that you, uh, that we did this, man. I, I I think I took a lot from my, from this myself, and I'm going to be uh, making some trade calls.
1: All right. Chris Meany, follow him on Twitter at Chris Meany, ftndaily.com, ftmbets.com, and use code Meeny to get your discount on all of those products. Uh, whatever sport it is, just use code Meeny over there. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. On Twitter, I'm always doing giveaways. Sub to the newsletter, subscribe to the channel, rate and review the audio podcast. Thank you very much for watching/slash listening. I'll see you next time.